Welcome back to the program, hour number three of the Bill Michaels Show, and we are glad you're with us. On this Friday, Packers looking to round out their season. They have locked up the number one seed in the NFC. And now you're just trying to get through the next game uh, unscathed. You're going to have your starters play, which is still a little bit uh, astounding, but uh, Aaron Rodgers says, hey, uh, you know, don't want rust over rest. And Devontae Adams, 22 yards away from setting the franchise record, so he wants to play. So a lot of the starters are going to play in this contest. But you've also got the Lions team. They've got a couple of wins. They've got some pride. They're playing for their head coach. We bring in now the uh, radio play-by-play voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller, now joining us. Dan, how you doing? I'm well, Bill. How are you? Doing well. Um, let me ask you, the uh, what is the mood right now? Is This is the last game of the season for this team that has fought so hard and been close in so many contests. Just It took them a while to figure out how to get a few wins, but give me the mood of that team right now. Well, I think you got a lot of young players who understand that this is a big game for them. It's, it's a final opportunity to make an impression on this coaching staff and the general manager, Brad Holmes, and his staff as they kind of close up shop after this game and get ready for an offseason where there's going to be a lot of changes. And I think the, the mission of a lot of the young players has been to show that they're part of the solution and not somebody that needs to be replaced. So um, you can look up and down that roster and see a lot of young guys that have proven – that they're going to be a part of this thing going forward, but also some that still have questions to answer. And I think this is an opportunity for them to put something else on tape for, for management to consider as they move into the, the part of the process where they decide who stays and who goes. So there's a lot left for these guys to play for individually. And I think as a team, um, look, the, the mood was always pretty solid, even when they were losing and, and they were playing hard for their head coach. But you could really feel it pick up when they won a couple of games and came out of the bye and played better football. And I think that's kind of how they want to go out. They didn't play well in Seattle last week, and I think they'd really like to do more to leave on a a better note than certainly they had seven days ago. Outside looking in, uh, just reading some of the quotes from some of the guys in the Detroit Free Press and hearing some of the pressers, it seems like not only do they play for themselves, they really play for their head coach. Is that the sense you get? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I, I think this guy came in and Dan Campbell set a tone at the beginning. I think he and Brad Holmes, um, in terms of, of what they projected for the organization, said, look, we're, we're not coming in here. This isn't a one-year fix. And I think if you look at what they did, they didn't go out and spend a bunch of money to bring in free agents that would help them win five or six games or something like that. I think this was purely a year where they were going to look at what they've got and try to figure out what they need. And I think they didn't have a lot of experience with these players last year. And I think they could look at them on tape, but I think more than that, they wanted their coaching staff to get an opportunity to work with these players. It's coaching staff they really believe in. And they wanted to get their coaching staff an an ability to make decisions on these players to try to make these players better. And I think now they have a much better idea of what they've got. And as far as the players, look, They've played hard for Dan Campbell from day one. Uh, they seem to love this guy. I think it was really important that, that they saw some positive results at the end of the year. Maybe it doesn't change what has to be done when the season ends, but at least from their perspective, they can look at it and say, you know what, all this hard work we're putting in, the direction that he's taking us, we can see some of the results. It's tangible, and I think that that allows them to move forward with more confidence. So, yeah, I think – Look, for a two-win team, the feeling around here is pretty good because they're doing what has to be done. They needed to gut this thing. 
and and really build it from the studs up and build it on a solid foundation. And that's what they're trying to do. It's not an overnight process. It can be a quick process, I think, in this league, as we've seen with other teams. But they have to do it the right way, and there really are no shortcuts. That was going to be my next question because I've said all along – Sometimes you to, to get rid of the stench of losing, you got to just tear everything down, regardless of who is positive and who is negative. You just got to get rid of the stench of losing. Do you feel that this was that season where, like you said, they tore it down to the studs? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, look, the moment you traded Matthew Stafford uh, was an indication of where you're going with this thing. And, look, when Matthew was here, there was always that temptation to say, man, we got this quarterback we can just get two more players, we're going to be right where we have to be. And it just never worked. I mean, there was, you know, some decent years, some, you know, seasons where they made the playoffs and things like that, but just nothing sustainable. And I think that they, you know, new regime, new head coach, new coaching staff, new, you know, general manager, new staff under him, they all just decided, you know, it's time to turn the page on this thing. I think Matthew was definitely ready to turn the page on this thing. And that's, that's really what they, they had to do. And, and, um, look, there's some talent on this team, and there's some young guys on this team that are coming along, and offensively, they're not far away at all. Um, so you can see where, where the outline is of, of a possible turnaround that they could be significant next year. Now, you've got to make some big moves. You've got to have some luck in terms of injuries, which they've had none of this year. Um, and, and then you've got to put in the work and, and hope guys are who you thought they were. But um, this was the time to do it because they had been through 12 years of of believing they were close because they had the quarterback and it just proved not to be true and there was just too much needed on this club to go into a year with quarterback in 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 season number 13 and think that you were going to rebuild this thing on the fly and it just uh, they made the right decision in my mind to let Matthew go try his luck elsewhere and for them to just kind of take this thing down and build it back up. Uh, Jared Goff, it looks like he is going to play in this one. I, I, From what I understand, he's had a couple of good practices this week. Looks like it, yeah. I think uh, all indications from the coach today were that barring a setback, he will play in this game, and, and that kind of is, you know, uh, emblematic of, of what they've done here late in the season. I mean, they brought – DeAndre Swift back last week after he'd been out. And certainly in some people's eyes, it would have been just as easy to shut him down. But I think they're trying to get guys playing time. I think they're trying to, to finish this season out the best they can. They're already locked into the first or second pick in the draft. So um, I think if Jared is ready to go and has no setbacks or swelling or more problems with that knee, I think he'll finish out the season uh, and at least get the start on Sunday. And we'll see where it goes from there. In a quarterback-driven league, is Jared Goff the future, or is he a placeholder? I think that's a good question, and I, and I think it's been difficult to answer this year because of the cast that surrounded him. Um, they were so bad at wide receiver for much of the season. We knew going into the year that it was going to be a weak position, and then they lost Tyrell Williams in the first game, who was supposed to be their best receiver. Brashad Perryman, a guy they rolled the dice on, never even made it out of camp. I mean, uh, and then – uh, Quintus Cephas, who you guys know out there from Wisconsin, was supposed to be a guy that was taking a big step this year. He got hurt. So, I mean, they were just gutted at wide receiver. And, and then, you know, they were able to pick up Josh Reynolds on waivers. And Amon Ross St. Brown has come on big time. And all of a sudden, you saw Jared Goff's performance go up significantly. And they started to win some games, really compete. 
coming out of the bye. And I think when you see that, you see the team's ability to run the ball, um, knowing that this offensive line will remain intact and you get Frank Ragnow back next year. I, I think there's a lot of optimism uh, about what golf might be able to do with the cast around him. But, but I think, look, to be fair, I don't know the answer to that question, and I'm not sure they do. Um, I will tell you the two top guys in personnel, GM and his top assistant, are both from the Rams. They know him. They went and got him. I think they believe in him. But I think next year is probably the year where they make that ultimate decision. They have two number one picks this year, two number one picks next year. Doesn't appear to be a quarterback at the top of the draft this year that you would pick. So do they take a developmental guy somewhere along the way? That's possible. But uh, there's virtually no doubt in my mind that Jared Goff is the quarterback week one next year, and he's going to get the opportunity to prove that he is that guy. Talking with Dan Miller, the uh, voice of the Detroit Lions, joining us on the hotline. So moving forward, and you talk about the draft and having high draft stock this year, what is it they need that – what is it the Lions need to continue to ascend? You know, I think if you look at their offense, you can make a case that they need a number one wide receiver. And obviously they don't grow on trees, but they they need a stud. They need a a guy that can be their best receiver and then let – Amon Ross St. Brown and, and Josh Reynolds and Quintez Cephas fall in line behind him. And then I think you're, you've got a real nice receiving core. TJ Hawkinson comes back at tight end. Your offensive line is set. You're fine in your running back room. And Goff is, is the quarterback. So, uh, you know, really, I think given health, uh, they do have to re-sign Josh Reynolds and finding some way to get a top receiver. I think you're, you're good on that side of the ball. I think defensively is where they need a lot of work. They, they need some alphas over there. They need difference makers. They need guys that when Aaron Rodgers comes to the line, he's got to locate that guy and figure out what he's doing. They need uh, a guy that helps make up for other players' mistakes and a guy that makes other players better. Uh, they just don't have big play guys uh, on that side of the ball, in particular on the defensive line. They really need – a defensive end that can get after the quarterback, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it. They, they need that. Probably look at linebacker. And then, you know, they really, they've, they've got some possibilities at cornerback, but they got guys coming off injuries, and that's, that's going to be something they're going to have to weigh. So I, I think if you look at it big picture, I, I really believe that offense is, is a wide receiver, good wide receiver, and I'm talking, you know, stud, uh, away from – being set and then that defense needs a pretty significant amount of work how different is this division going to look next year do you think because i mean wait i i think no matt Nagy. you would assume uh do they let go of mike zimmer does kirk cousins stay in minnesota do they let him go is aaron Rodgers back i mean if there's no rogers new coaches in minnesota no kirk cousins in minnesota matt Nagy's gone with justin fields jordan loves under center in green bay my goodness, things change in the uh, in the NFC North. Yeah, it does. We were having this conversation the other day. I mean, the the Lions could be, you know, uh, among the most stable teams in the division, if not the most stable, just because of what everybody else might have going on. And that's no disrespect to the Packers, but look, if you don't have Aaron Rodgers, that changes things dramatically. And and um, you know, well, that would certainly put them in a much different position, Chicago. With a new head coach, much different position. Minnesota with a new head coach, maybe a new quarterback, much different position. Uh, it doesn't mean that that we jump ahead of everybody, but it does, you know, throw a lot of things into the mix that that could make it interesting. So, 
look, uh, just being honest and, and using we as just somebody who's, you know, broadcasting the games, we can't worry about what anybody else does. I mean, the Lions understand what they have to do. They have work to do. They're, they're, if they don't do their work, they're not catching up to these other teams. So if these other teams step back, step sideways, whatever happens, um, the Lions know that their work is to get better, to make themselves better. And look, I, I, I believe that, that with the right moves, you can go from two wins to, to being much more relevant next year, whatever that means, but, but make significant improvements because – you know, two could easily look a lot different this year, losing on a 66-yard field goal at the gun, a 54-yard field goal at the gun, you know, being in the red zone and a couple of losses for the final series of the game and not being able to convert. They're, they're, they're closer to having a better-looking record, but that also can't delude you into thinking that you're necessarily closer to being where you want to be because you have to, your, your roster has to dictate that, and the roster has to be better. I think this coaching staff, I think this head coach, have gotten a lot out of this staff. They've brought the, this roster, I should say. They've brought a lot of these young players along. They've improved some of these young players. They've made them viable. They've made them guys that, that you believe can be part of the future. But that has to continue. It's just the first step in, in, in a pretty significant process of trying to get from you know the start of a rebuild to the point where you can actually compete. But to your point, I think it's going to be a fascinating offseason within this division. Dan, real quick before I let you go, um, obviously Hub Arkish set the world on fire when he said he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers as the MVP. Uh, you know Hub, I know Hub. Uh, it's you know he's very you know, strong opinion and he has a right to his opinion. But is Aaron Rodgers in your mind the MVP? Aaron Rodgers, and I'm pretty sure I've said this to you before, might be the best quarterback I've ever seen, and I have such incredible respect for him. Uh, despite the fact that he's made my life a living hell since he's been the quarterback <laughs> of the Packers. Um, I, you, you probably won't find anybody that roots against him as hard as I do that respects him as much as I do. Um, look, he's 13-3. and three. He's 13-2, and two, right? He didn't start one game. Right. Uh, that's after losing the first game. The guy's unbelievable. I mean, you guys have 10 turnovers as a team. That starts with him. It's number one in the NFL. There's nothing about him, and I understand there were things during the offseason and things in season, whatever. Um, but as far as, as leading the team and winning games, I, I don't know what there is about him that doesn't say MVP because everything that leads to the bottom line, which is winning, says MVP. I mean, look, you, you, you lost a, a dominant pass rusher. Uh, you've, you've gone through other injuries, but this guy is the constant. And I look, whatever hub wants to believe hub can believe. I don't have a vote, but if I did have a vote, I can't imagine where I would go outside of Aaron Rodgers. So I uh, just, everything to me adds up to what that is supposed to represent. Does the off seat field soap opera get a little old sometimes? Yeah, it does. I'm not close to it. I don't really know what's going on. But I know this, every single Sunday, when it's time to win, that dude shows up. And that's, to me, um, he, he would get my vote, without a doubt. Good stuff, Dan. Pre uh, appreciate it, as always. We'll talk to you come the offseason, okay? You got it. Thanks, Bill.
Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. Dan Miller, the voice, uh, the radio play-by-play voice of the Detroit Lions, joining us for a couple of minutes on the hotline. Really good stuff from Dan. Love talking to him. Good, good stuff always. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. If there's no better place to go, uh, or, or if there is a better place to go, tell me because I couldn't find it. Quick Trip's fantastic. Love that place. Always, always love that place. Good stuff from our friends at Quick Trip. Always good to have them be a part of the program. Stay tuned. Got some breaking news out of Green Bay. On the good side, stay tuned. More of the Bill Michael Show next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Glad you're back. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Uh, this portion of the program, by the way, brought to you by our good friends uh, over there at uh, at Skipper Buds. As a matter of fact, I'm heading over there today, heading to Skipper Buds today. I know it's not the season that you normally go uh, buy yourself a boat, but uh, I'm getting some work done, and there is no better way to kind of get yourself a new boat than take your old boat and get a, get a new uh, engine put in it, and that's what I'm doing. So I'm going to Skipper Buds today. I'm going to go see uh, go see the guys over there later this afternoon, and uh, getting a brand new engine put in it. And uh, so I'm going to have that done, get all the paperwork taken care of for that. But that way, I mean, I just had the boat, the the uh, the upholstery, the seats, uh, a new bimini top put on it, a new travel top. The boat itself is in terrific shape. So getting a brand new engine put in it, going to do the paperwork there. Go see my buddy Todd. Over there, the general manager at the one in Pewaukee, 262-544-1200, or go to skipperbuds.com. That's skipperbuds.com. And check those guys out. They're fantastic. And Ryan in the service department, great. Really knows his stuff. Been there a long, long, long time. Really good stuff from those guys. So check out our friends at Skipper Buds. And maybe over the weekend, if you're going to sit down, relax, and maybe watch a few games, Nice Ash, theniceash.com, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Great place to stop in with a selection of good beers. Craft beers, hookahs, cigars, uh, bourbons, whiskeys, great, uh, great stock down there. They got some private stock down there, too, that they just got in. Stop in and say hi to our friends at the Nice Ash. Crystal kind of runs the place, Crystal and Trish, good people. Joette owns it, and uh, go in and say hi to any of them. TheNiceAsh.com. That's TheNiceAsh.com. Again, 323 West Main Street, downtown Waukesha. Adrian Amos. Talks about the third quarter hit on the Vikings uh, tight end Conklin. Then, you know, he, he he gets the big hit, and he blew that play up. Then the center, uh, Garrett Bradbury, he gets that ricochet, the immaculate reception they were calling it, kind of the immaculate reception too, although it didn't take place in a big, meaningful game for them. But nevertheless, Adrian Amos talks about the hit. I thought, yeah, I thought the play was over, and I saw him running. And even when he was running, I still kind of thought, you know, maybe he just picked up a – you know what I'm saying? Picked it up, running, you know, linemen do extra stuff all the time. So you know, I didn't know. But then once he kept running after I, like, put my arm out, I was like, oh, and I tried to strip the ball. And then, you know, that was the longest play of the game, wasn't it? Something like that. So That was it. You know, I know that was funny to, to watch. Uh, he also – now, we know Jared Goff has been cleared. He's practiced the last couple of days. It looks like Jared Goff is going to play. Uh, but Goff talks about, or Adrian Amos talks about facing a familiar foe if indeed they should end up facing the backup quarterback, Tim Boyle. 
yeah, going going against him in, in practice, you know, you know he had a um a big arm and you know his ability. Um a lot of times when you're going against a scout team quarterback, you can see, you know, what they like to do because they don't have to think too much. You all you have to do is look at the cards and, and, and throw. So you get to see the abilities that they have, the you know, things they like to do, um, the 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 passes that they can make, um, and stuff like that. So um, you know, you know, uh, when we go out there, you know, just have a pretty good idea of, you know, his ability and what, you know, what he's able to do. And then uh, getting, you know, the body ready for game 17 because it's been a long season. I mean, they've played the extra game this year. Obviously, this would be a time that you'd be sitting and resting for the extra week. Now you've got a game 17. He talks about getting ready for game number 17. It's just about, you know, locking in. And if you if you know your plan, you have to go out there and you have to, um, you know, go out there to perform. You know, I, I feel like when you when you you go out there without the right mindset, um, you know, uh, this is the NFL. Um, not only can you get beat, but you can, you know, hurt yourself too if you're not focused and locked in on what you need to do and going out there and giving it 100%. So um, if, we, if we're going to be out there, you know, we, we got to go out there and, um, and produce. I know, yeah, it's a long season. Um, you know, this game doesn't, you know, affect us in the standings or anything like that. But, um, but you know, we, we, like me, you, you take, you take, you know, different things and we, we want to finish the season strong as defense. So on defense, um, that's how I look at it. I want to finish the season strong. Um, I want us to, you know, um, I want us to finish, you know, um, as high as we can, you know, statistically on defense or uh, anything like that. You just find little things like that, um, you know, um, but, you know, first and foremost, win the game, but, um, you know, just other things that, 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 you know, games within the game that you want to do um, and um, to give yourself goals, um, you know, for this upcoming week. So then he talks about the, the physicality of the game. When you take a, a, a hit like he made on Conklin, okay, uh, a big hit, uh, but you got to do it in a way that it's safe and more so that it's legal. And he talks about the difficulty. Yeah, with, with the hits and stuff, yeah, the, the, the rules do, you know, try to make it hard because it's split second. Um, but, you know, you know, throughout my career and, you know, growing up, I've always been taught to keep my head out of it. I know a lot of, um, you know, that, you know, a, a lot of things, you know, growing up is, you know, um, you know, rip their head off, be physical face mask on a football and things like that. Um, but I've always been taught to keep my head out of it. Um, so when I do, it's more, um, it's in the back of my mind, but I can't think about it too hard because then I'm a misplays because I, you know, I've done that before. I've missed the play um, because I'm thinking about art, you know, make sure I don't do this, make sure I don't do that. So um, I, I don't think about that part anymore. I, yeah, I just try my best to keep my head out of it. And then after that, whatever happens, happens. So now uh, the next question, you play for three and a half hours on Sunday night, 10 degrees or colder. Um, does it take the body extra time after a game like that a physical game like that in a game in which you're playing in extreme cold weather and cold temperatures now they're going to be in a dome this weekend but does a game like that take the body an extra day or so to get uh, kind of get back to normal man i mean you feel you know once you you know thaw out you feel you know some uh extra bumps and bruises um that you really wouldn't have um you know that you didn't feel out there because it was so cold um but um I don't know. I don't know if it takes longer. Um, you know, usually these cold games are at the end of the season. So everything takes a little bit longer once you get to the end of the season because, you know, it's, it's, it's a buildup. So um, I don't really know. I, I can't really tell whether it's, a, um, you know, you know, which one, you know, it really is week 17 or, 
how cold it was. There you go. Uh, week uh, week 17, week 18 now is coming up, as a matter of fact. Uh, regarding the Antonio Brown case, he was asked as well, we heard Preston Smith earlier, have you ever been pl- uh, pressured to play uh, by coaches, teammates, or whatever when you're banged up, when you're injured? That's, I mean, that's the NFL period. Just, um, I think a lot of people personally, you know, you want to play too, you know what I'm saying? So it's um, a lot of times the team doesn't have to put that pressure on you. You put that pressure on yourself. Um, you know, but then, you know, sometimes I guess everybody has a different situation. It's, you know, everybody is people, you know what I'm saying? They, they, everybody is their own person. And, um, you know, his situation could have been, you know, different from my situation or, or, um, things like that. So I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on over there, but, um, you know, do I believe that people put pressure on players to, to play? Yeah. I mean, this, that's, you know, within the business like this, um, it's always going to be certain pressures, but I don't know their thing exactly. So I won't say either way or who, you know, um, what I really, you know, agree or know what happened because I really don't know what happened personally, but, um, you know, that that's a touchy subject because that's a, that's a each individual person, each individual team or coach, things like that. So you can't just, you know, blanket it um, as in these people do this or that, that person does this. Does he feel the need? Uh, well, let me ask you this. Uh, when it goes back to the wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown, he was asked, uh, how do the Lions like to use him and how tough is he to cover? You know, they move him all around. Um, you know, it, it was give, they, they gave him the ball in the backfield. Um, you know, they, they um, you know, they, they, they feature him, you know, as, you know especially since, um, you know, Hawkinson was down and um, he's been getting the ball a lot more. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, he's one of their, you know, best players so that, you know, they find ways to get him. Um, yeah, parallels with EQ, you know, both of them can, you know, be, you know, um, you know, they're good with the ball. Um, I saw that, um, I told EQ, um, a couple of weeks ago when I saw him, you know, make a couple guys miss, um, I was like, I didn't know you had that, you know what I'm saying? So, um, um, they use differently within different teams, you know, obviously, um, you know, the brother from Detroit, um, he, you know, he he gets the um, ball a lot more than EQ had a chance to get the ball here. So you can't really, um, you know, you know, say, you know, compare the two that much. So the old rest versus rust argument, uh, does he feel, does Adrian Amos feel like he needs to play versus the Lions so he can stay sharp going into the postseason? Um, I will never, you know, like to use the word need because, you know, I got to go with whatever happens, happens type thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I always want to play. I never, you know, I'm never the guy to be like, I don't, you know what I'm saying? Unless, you know, maybe some preseason games or something like that. But like, if it's a regular season game, I always want to go. So it's not a um, thing like that. But if coach, you know, were to make a decision that I won't, then, you know, I'm not going to use the excuse of Russ going into the thing. I, I really don't think about it, you know, that hard. Um, you know, I, I try to think of the best case scenario. So if I don't, if if I don't play, I'm say, man, I better be fresh. Come, you know, when it's time to play. Um, on the other hand, um, going out there, you know, I'm going to have to go, you know, to Detroit. So to sit there and not play would be, you know, very frustrating for me. So you know, hey. I, you know, I actually want to go out there and play and 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 um, you know get it. And then last but not least. Uh, talking with Adrian Amos or listening to Adrian Amos, I should say, what is the greatest asset to the Packers defense that's going to get them through this and all the way to a Super Bowl? Um, when we all on the, the same page, we're lined up, we're ready to go. 
um, you know, and everybody's on their assignments, you know, I feel like we, we, we have everything that we need to, you know, be, be, a, um, be a top defense to be the top defense to, um, you know, get us to that next level. So, um, you know, as long as we, we come out, you know, we're ready, we're lining up and we're executing. I feel like, um, because I feel like we already, we play physical, you know, we, we can cover, um, we can stop the run. And when we, when we're on our assignments, we can, um, we can do all, all of those things we've done in different pieces, but once we put it together and, and keep playing, um, four quarters of football, um, you know, and if we got to play more, more, but if, if we, when we put that together, I feel like we can be, um, you know, tough to deal with. So there you go. Those are the words of Adrian Amos. Big news coming out of the Green Bay Packers organization. You kind of expected this, but today it's official. Uh, Jair Alexander off the COVID list and back practicing with the team. You would assume that he will then play most likely on Sunday. You would assume that. Now, uh, they want him to go through everything and make sure that shoulder's good to go. That's the last hurdle. But uh, you have not seen him this week because he's been on the COVID list. But he's been practicing with the team prior to that. This week, they really wanted him to go. So do we see Bakhtiari? Do we see Jair Alexander get a little bit of time in this upcoming contest? But Jair Alexander practicing with the team off the COVID list. Good news for the Green Bay Packers. There you go. Uh, got a question from Tony, too, when we come back. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Uh, Michael says, with Jair coming back off of the COVID list, does that mean he's going to play? I, I don't know the specifics. We'd have to wait uh, to hear uh, what the thought process is from Matt LaFleur. I would assume, now they wanted to try that shoulder out, and I would assume that if the shoulder is good to go, and I think that was the last real hurdle for him, that if the shoulder is good to go, then maybe they want to get him a few reps. Maybe not a lot, but... Enough reps just to get his feet wet. So I don't know if he's going to play this weekend, but uh, I know that if he can play, you would want him to play. Just just to get back to some game speed. You know, even who cares if he gives something up? Who cares? Maybe go out and tell him, hey, don't do anything with that shoulder. Don't go hitting anybody. But, you know, hey, uh, if you can uh, go guard a few guys, see what you can do. Get in, get out, get some work done, and, and be good to go. Maybe that's the way to go. And that way you get two more weeks to let that shoulder completely heal before you start banging on that thing getting into the postseason. But, um, yeah, if uh, if you can get him to go, I would do it. Same thing with Bakhtiari. Same thing with Bakhtiari. If he, if he can get you know a little bit of work in, get some lateral movement in, some pass rush capability in, yeah, I would do it. I don't know that I would stick him out there um, right away. I Boy, it's such a... You know, do you let him go out and say block for Jordan Love? Or do you put a David Bakhtiari on the field for the first time with Aaron Rodgers protecting the blind side and just say, well, we trust you. You know, I don't know if I do that. I don't even know if Bakhtiari is going to play. I mean, they, they worked him out on Wednesday. He practiced. 
uh, apparently had a terrific practice, and then they sat him yesterday. I have not seen him back on the practice field yet today, but we'll wait and see. Uh, David says, hey, Bill, uh, who do you think the Packers will be playing in the first round of the playoffs? That's a great question. Um, and then the other one from Tony that says, when does the NFL announce what day the Packers play on the divisional weekend? Um, both great questions. The The way it kind of you know shakes out right now, and, and again, maybe there's some jockeying that goes on. Packers have the number one overall seed. You've got the Rams, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, the other three divisional winners. Uh, Arizona right now would be going the way things work out. And they have not solidified this because the Rams, uh, if the Rams lose and the Cardinals win this weekend and the Cardinals win the division, they become the number two seed. And then the uh, Rams would become the fifth seed. And the Rams would be traveling to AT&T Stadium where the Cardinals, they would be hosting uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So things can change. So I don't know who as of yet, but the winner of the game between the Cowboys and whomever, whether it's the Rams or the Cardinals, most likely would be the team to then come to Green Bay. Um, you Because with the Cowboys locking in as the four seed, if the Cowboys get a win and all teams that win their division win, all home teams win, then the Cowboys will be the team that would be coming to Green Bay. And then the Buccaneers, right now, the way it stands, the Buccaneers would be playing the Rams out in L.A. And then the NFC Championship game would set up in Green Bay if the Packers would win to face the winner of the Rams-Buccaneers game. I don't think the Buccaneers are going to get to an NFC Championship game. I just don't. I don't think they got it. I think they've just had too many injuries. While their secondary is getting a little bit healthier right now, they've just had too many injuries. Too many injuries to their defense. Their offense has lost too many key components. They're not the same as they were last year. I just don't think they have enough in the tank. No, I mean, I know you give tons of props and respect to Tom Brady. Tons of it. I get it. But I think it's going to be um, – they'll probably end up finding their demise in uh, in L.A. with the Rams or in Arizona with the Cardinals. Although I think it's more likely they will beat the Cardinals. But just because it, it would be the first real big test of experience – for Kyler Murray, Cliff Kingsbury, and company, and it's very tough to go against Arians and Tom Brady. But I just think that uh, they have lost so many weapons, Tampa Bay has, that it's going to be tough for them to uh, to sustain. Just my opinion. Uh, when do they make that announcement as to what the schedule is going to be? That's a great question. I don't know. Um, it would probably be um, – you got to think it would be – well, they're not going to announce the – it's not going to be Monday, I wouldn't think. And you're probably wanting to know if it's going to be a Saturday or a Sunday. Um, That's a great question. i got to think it's going to be a standalone game on Sunday. i got to think it's going to be a Sunday game. But good question. Uh, 877-867-1670. Hey, don't forget, coming up next hour, Mike Lemon's going to be here kind of bringing you home, so to speak, breaking down everything that's going on in Green Bay. So Mike's going to be here, and he'll talk more about uh, the uh, the uh, distinct possibility of Jair Alexander playing. As Jair Alexander has returned to the practice field, comes off of the COVID list today. Good news there for the Green Bay Packers. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this.
This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers head to Detroit to face the Lions Sunday at noon. Why has Green Bay had so many slow starts against the Lions at Ford Field? Linebacker Preston Smith. I, it might just be the lighting in there. I, I just, you know, we were just talking about it the other day. It's kind of gloomy in there. It's kind of like, you know, the lights are not turned up as bright as they should be. I don't know if the guys changed, uh, you know, their um, field staff changed the lights around, you know, or something like that. They need to turn it, brighten it up in there, bring some life to Detroit. But uh, we look at the film from last year. We review, you know, our last time's playing there. We know we got to come out and start hot. We got to come out fast and play hard throughout the whole game. We know this is a Detroit team that plays hard throughout the game, and they're going to be trying to beat us. And we're always prepared to go out there and win this game. Because of injuries or COVID, a lot of second and third string defensive players have had plenty of snaps during games this season Packers defensive coordinator Joe Barry you know short term there's guys that get banged up and you know you lose a Jair Alexander for almost a whole season you lose a Zedarius for a whole season and that's the thing where you got to rely on your depth I think we have an amazing group of assistant coaches that coach the heck out of those guys and prepare them you know, when, when they get their opportunity, they being the player, when they get an opportunity to go in, they're ready to roll. Lions quarterback Jared Goff has been dealing with a bruised left knee the past three weeks, and that's meant more playing time for former Packers backup quarterback Tim Boyle. Aaron Rodgers. I love Tim. Tim was like a little brother to me uh, in the QB room, and we spent time off the field hanging out. He's a great guy. Interesting guy, smart, gym rat, you know, really worked his butt off to get better. I was always asking good questions and trying to figure out some of the stuff that, we, that I was doing on the field. I'm happy for him getting opportunities. I see him improving, and I want the best for Tim because he's one of the one of the great, great guys in this league, and, and he deserves it. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Good stuff from our buddy Mike. Coming up in the next hour, you're also going to hear from Matt LaFleur in the next hour. As uh, after the top, Ben's going to take you the rest of the way. So Matt LaFleur is going to talk after practice today, Ben? Mike Clemens texted me. He said around 120. He's talking to the Wow, because that doesn't normally happen. Usually it's before practice. They don't like to talk about things after practice because we'll see things and then they don't want to talk about it until the next day. So uh, Matt LaFleur talking after practice today. So good stuff. Um, Interesting. Can't wait to hear what he has to say specifically about Jair and obviously about David Bakhtiari and about some of the guys coming back from injury. So will those guys be on the field? Hey, the scenario that has led the uh, the Raiders and the Chargers, both at 9-7, and seven, needing only to tie in Sunday's contest. By the way, if either either team that wins, it's winner take all. You're in. Or you, if you lose, you're out. If you win, you're in. But if they tie, they are both in. The NFL, by the way, has flexed the win-and-you're-in game into prime time to get as many eyeballs on the rivalry game with numerous playoff implications as possible. The scenario that allows for a tie to be good enough for both relies on the Indianapolis Colts' loss at Jacksonville earlier in the day. But the Raiders can clinch the spot before they take the field if the Colts and the Steelers lose. And while the Colts are uh, 15.5-point favorites, uh, they have not won at the uh, the AFC South rival Jacksonville since 2014. The Steelers, meanwhile, they are at Baltimore, and Baltimore is favored by five points. Both games expect to finish uh, more than three hours before the Raiders and the Chargers kick off in Las Vegas. 
And hopefully I speak for everybody, uh, but for me, I'm not even going to watch anything, according to Raiders uh, quarterback Derek Carr. Should the Colts and the Steelers both win, then the Raiders have to beat the Chargers to gain their first playoff appearance since 2016 and their second since 2002. So, but if they tie, they're both in. It's a really weird scenario, but that's the way it works out. That's the way it works out. So the Colts, all they need to do is win at Jacksonville, and they're in. That's it. No big deal. Uh, San Francisco, they need to they need to win at the Rams to be able to get in. We all know that. So that's upcoming. And there's a lot of playoff implications when it comes to, um, I, I guess, seeding more so than anything. Not just seeding. I mean, there's some teams that obviously there's there's things that they have to do to get in. But uh, nevertheless, there's there's uh, seeding that's on a lot of these lines as well. It, but it's 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 a it's a crazy finale to the season. It really is for many teams, not just these two teams, not just not just the uh, Chargers and the the Raiders. But it's a crazy end of the season. Really bizarre. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to hit us up? Go ahead and do it. Uh, there's a lot of questions about. Matthew Stafford, can he get the Rams over the top and do because remember they brought Matthew Stafford in to put him over the top and put him into a Super Bowl. So can Matthew Stafford sustain and be able to give uh, the Rams a legitimate shot at a Super Bowl as well? Uh, by the way, shout out to the safety doc who says hi. Um, this is from Gene who said, I think the main offensive players of the Packers will play into the second quarter. I think Bakhtiari, Alexander, and Myers play in the second half. Um, by the way, I was talking earlier about how I just don't think the, uh, the Buccaneers have it, uh, says, I know what you're saying, Bill, but never underestimate Tom Brady last year. We said, said the same thing. We all know how that went. The difference between last year and this year with Brady and the Buccaneers is that last year they were pretty healthy coming into the postseason and they were rolling this year. They've had a few games that made you scratch your head. The defense is still good, but they're not the same as they were last year with pressure and such. And Brady's lost quite a few weapons. It's just, it's not the same team coming down the pipe, so to speak, um, this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's just not. Just for the fact that they've lost some really good players along the way. Leonard Fournette, their running back, he's on the IR. Um, Who else? Um, Giovanni Bernard, IR. Chris Godwin, IR. You know, they've lost uh, Levante David, IR. They've got some guys that are on the IR because of that. So they, while they're still, they still have Mike Evans, and they don't have, obviously, AB anymore. So Tyler Johnson becomes uh, one of their bigger wide receivers. They still have Gronkowski, but Ronald Jones is their running back. He's not Leonard Fournette. They don't have the same guys. Still have Indomitian Sue. Still have Vita Vey. Still have William Goldston up front. Jason Pierre-Paul. They still got that defensive front that gets after it. They're just, it's not the same group. They just, it's not the same group. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Also wanting to know, is the uh, the seating for number seven still up for grabs? Well, the Philadelphia Eagles are in. Where what's up for grabs would be the 49ers and the uh, Saints. If the Saints win and the 49ers lose, the Saints are in. 
if the 49ers win and the Saints lose, or the Saints, doesn't matter. If the 49ers win, they're in. If they lose and uh, the Saints win, then they're out. That's the only thing that can change. So there you go. So coming up, uh, Ben's going to take you the rest of the way. But coming up uh, on uh, Sunday after the game, don't forget, it's the Green and Gold postgame show. Uh, yours truly, Mike Clemens, Ben, everybody, the whole gang's going to be here. We're all going to be here hanging out and uh, break, breaking down what it should be a fun, hopefully, knock on wood, a fun end of the season and a injury-free end of the season. Uh, I'm sure coming up in the next hour, you're going to hear from Matt LaFleur about uh, Jair Alexander, David Bakhtiari, maybe even a little bit about Josh Myers. We'll have to wait and see. In addition to that, uh, I'm sure you're going to find out a little bit more about the maybe, maybe some of the plans for as far as Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and such go. Mike Clemens will give you his thoughts coming up here shortly as well. Anything else coming up in the next hour, Ben, that I need to know about? I, there's an area of excitement for tomorrow that I have that I want to go through. It has to do with Jordan Love. Kind of talked about okay. it earlier, but I think there's a scenario to be excited about. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see Jordan Love, too, after getting all of these starters reps for now nine weeks. I want to see if he looks more polished. That's, that's my big if coming into this game. I want to see if he looks more polished. If he doesn't, because there's some scenarios, if he looks really, really good, does one, his trade value go up, or two, do you look at him as saying, well, you know, if, if something happens and you do move on from Rodgers, do you feel more comfortable? Or if he looks really bad, then what? Oh, my goodness. If he looks really bad. So there you have it. So uh, Ben's going to take you the rest of the way, and we will talk again after the game on Sunday.